0: Welcome to, Welcome the, to Everglow. the Everglow. True story. The word no is actually a complete sentence. As empaths or highly sensitive people, we have a tendency or disposition to always be people pleasers. Accordingly, whenever someone asks us for something and we don't want to do it, we have a hard time saying the simple word no. For an empath, saying no is more of a negotiation instead of an absolute. Or emphatic statement. Why? Because we are so concerned with offending the other person or pleasing them to make them happy that we avoid using direct language to turn them down and try to negotiate declining the offer instead. Unfortunately, this ends up backfiring as we usually get convinced to do what we ultimately never wanted to do in the first place. So what do I mean about saying no becoming a negotiation? Let me give you an example. Let's say someone asks you to go to a concert downtown. You have literally zero interest in going for a variety of reasons. First, you dislike the music of that particular band. Second, the tickets are $200 each. And third, you're working that day so you would have to get home from work early, get ready, and then spend another two hours trekking downtown in heavy traffic. Basically, you'd be exhausted by the time you arrived to see a band you had zero interest in seeing. But here's the problem with the average empath. When our friend asks us to go downtown, we don't say no. Instead, we dance around the response. Example, instead of simply saying no when asked whether we'd like to go to the concert, we answer, I'd love to go, but I have to work that day and I'd never make it on time. Or we say something like, thanks so much for the invite, but the tickets are really expensive. Do you see the problem with answering like this? What you've told the other person is that you're actually interested in going except for a few things which can easily be overcome. Especially if the person you're talking to is a friend, which obviously they would be if they were inviting you, you now have done something wrong. What is that? You've opened the door to negotiating. The problem now is that, with regards to your I have to work excuse, is that what are you going to do when your friend tells you, hey, don't worry about getting there late, there's an opening act and the actual band won't actually get on stage until much later. So voila, you'll have plenty of time to get home from work and get there in time to enjoy the show. I'll even pick you up and drive us down. Or what are you gonna say if they respond by saying, don't worry, fortunately the band is having a second performance the next day which is a Saturday when you don't have to work. Great, you're coming now. As you can see, you just fucked yourself. Because now, if you come up with an alternate excuse, it will make you look like a liar or a flake. In the second part of the example, where you said you couldn't go because the tickets are too expensive, what are you going to do when your friend starts trying to strong arm you into going by saying, it's only 200 bucks, the band rarely comes to town. Stop being so cheap. You never go out and enjoy yourself anymore. It's not that much money. Or what if he says, don't worry about the tickets, I have an extra one and you can have it for free. What time shall we head down now that you can come? As you can see, you indeed after yourself, because now if you come up with an alternate excuse, it will make you look like a liar, a cheapo, or a flake, or all of the above. The problem is for an empath, you don't want to hurt your friends' feelings by telling them that the band sucks and you have zero interest in going, so you struggle to find your voice and speak your mind. You're almost obsessed with people's feelings and not hurting them or causing conflict, so you always speak using wishy-washy language to avoid stepping on anyone's toes. The curse of an empath, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Ironically, the less you stand in your own power and speak your mind, the more conflict you will have because everything will become a back and forth dialogue as people perceive you to be a pushover, wishy-washy, and easily convinced. What's worse is by nature, your type of personality will attract more and more people who will try to sell you things and convince you to do things. You'll find yourself a mark or target for telemarketers, solicitors at your front door, and pretty much anyone else who can sell you anything. You will attract the exact opposite of what you want, because you'll effectively be the blood to a shark when it comes to people. Trust me when I say, strong people who speak their minds have fewer people approach them for things in the first place. I could give you countless examples, but here's one of my favorites from recent memory. I was in Tajikistan in Central Asia. Along with a group of 10 others, we were standing in the town square looking around. Of course, being a town square, it had its share of beggars. Despite all of the other tourists around me, one of the beggars, a young girl, perhaps around the age of 8 or 9 years of age, ended up coming up to me asking for money. The problem is, despite me ignoring her, she just wouldn't let go. She was relentless. Tugging on my shirt, trying to reach into my pocket. I kept trying to walk away, but she wouldn't stop. I finally started yelling at her as I reached my boiling point after 10 minutes of this harassment, and she still wouldn't stop, even when I walked into a nearby store in an attempt to shake her. Guess how many members of my group had the same problem? None. Because of my personality at the time, which people, certain people, can deduce through my energy, this young girl, despite being homeless, knew whom from the group she could target. Don't worry, I didn't give her a dime, but it did piss me off unnecessarily. Do you find yourself in these weird predicaments, whereas your friends don't? Even at my law practice, a couple of the people I work for me are gangsters. No, not literally, but from a personality standpoint. As kind as they are, they don't put up with bullshit from anyone. They're tough as nails and accordingly, their energy probably helps communicate that to people. Running a law practice means having clients trying to unfortunately coerce you into doing things that you don't want to do. But guess what happens when a client wants to try to pull one over on us? Even though the client's point of contact would always have been one of the ladies working for me, they'll do their best to jump over that firewall and contact me directly when it comes time to ask for something that's completely outlandish. Notice how they don't even try to approach the people that they should be approaching. They try to skip them because back then my energy was that of someone that would have a very hard time saying no. They knew without asking that they would hit a brick wall if they were to ask anyone else for the same favour from my law firm, so they would ask me instead. If you find yourself always being asked to do things and for things all of the time, it means that yes, you may be kind and reliable, but believe it or not, it also means that people perceive you as weak. How do I know all of this? I used to be that guy. In fact, I still am that guy. But fortunately, I have made leaps and bounds in the last year. By standing up and finding my voice more consistently and saying no, the only regret I have had is why it took me so long to do it. I reflect on how many shitty situations I've found myself in because I just couldn't muster up the courage to say no. And here's why, instead of just simply saying no. In fact, I'm bewildered about what was holding me back all of these years. Seriously. No one was going to beat me up if I simply said no. An annoying telemarketer is not going to jump through the phone and stab you if you say no and hang up. Speaking of telemarketers, I actually used to listen to their spiel. I remember when I was living in Toronto, one called me once to do a survey. She said it would take around five minutes. Fifteen minutes later, I was getting agitated and asking her if we were almost done. She said no. There were still around another 50 or 60 questions left. Like an idiot or a prisoner of the phone, I begrudgingly answered all of her survey questions. What the hell was I thinking? In retrospect, all I was thinking of was about how not to offend this random voice on the phone who's getting paid. Does this sound like you? Someone who is always lawyering against yourself for why you should appease others? Stop. Now. When you can't say no with confidence, people will perceive you as weak. They'll take advantage of you. They will mistake your kindness for weakness. You will bang your head against the wall. Why is it that you keep finding yourself in the same situation with the same losers always attracted to you and wanting to make you do ridiculous things for them? How do you say no? Here's how. Just start. Start experimenting with saying no. It won't be perfect at first. While you find your footing, perhaps you'll find yourself sounding like a dick Maybe being too abrupt with people. That's okay. It's about finding your voice. Those that know you and those that matter will understand the change you're going through. The key is to always be mindful of being both thoughtful and civilized when you say no to people. Let's go through some examples. Example number one. A telemarketer calls asking if you would be willing to participate in a five-minute survey. You're already super busy eating supper and don't feel like holding your phone to your ear. Simple response, no thank you, not interested, hang up. In this instance, you can be a bit brash because it's just a telemarketer and there's nothing to negotiate. You're not doing their survey. Don't say any more than that or wait for them to respond. Your time is precious. Every second you spend after you said no thanks is wasted time that you can never get back. Example two, your best friend asks you to pick up their kid from daycare because they have to work late. You have other plans which you can't cancel, and it's so late that you'd be the bad guy to the other person with whom you had plans already. You just can't do it, and you know that your best friend has other options or arrangements that she can make to get her kid from daycare. Your response should not be, no, and then hang up. Remember, with people that matter, and even those in public, you should be thoughtful and civilized. Your response might look something like, sorry Jane, I can't pull it off. You know I would do it for you any other time. Definitely try one of your other options. Now let's caveat something here. Friends help friends. If you know your friend would be screwed, i.e. lose her job if she didn't stay late, or she literally has no one else that can pick up the kid, then help out if you can. If you have to rearrange plans, then do so. But don't make it a habit. I have unfortunately found, especially living in a big city like LA, The more you help certain people, the more they keep coming to you for every little thing and start losing respect for your time. I see it every day as a lawyer. Someone will hire me to file a bankruptcy. Next thing you know, they want me to create their business's financial statements, not my job. Then they want me to start giving them business advice. Mentally, they try to tie everything together. I'm their lawyer for one element of their finances, so therefore I'm their lawyer for anything and everything related to their finances. This used to happen all the time. People will do the same thing to you as well. The more helpful you are, the more they'll want from you. When you finally stand up for yourself and say no, they'll get mad at you for not being good old reliable you anymore. On the other hand, if you had become less accessible and tempered your helpfulness, you'll find that the same people will start to respect you and your time more. When you say no, they won't be as butthurt and you won't be as pissed off for having to wrestle with saying no, or why that person is asking you for things they could very well do themselves. Remember, thoughtful and civilized. Example number three. Your friend is always asking you for favors. They always need to borrow money. They're always asking you legal questions every 10 minutes throughout the day. They're always texting. As I mentioned, the more responsive you are to people, the more they'll want from you. Another way I've learned to say no without saying no is to not be overly responsive. If someone who is always calling calls, even if I am free, I purposely won't answer the phone. Same with clients that always email. Some want to have a back and forth conversation with you over email. Again, even when I'm free, I simply won't respond. That person that calls all the time, don't answer. Let it go to voicemail and then call them back several hours later or the next day. It creates space. It gives you higher value. Same with email, Email was not designed for having a conversation. Reply to your emails once or twice a day. Create that space so people understand you're not a 911 service. Being less accessible is another way of saying no in a roundabout way. It helps people learn how to respect your time. If you keep building up your expectations for others, they will be expecting the exact same thing from what you're building. The more people you don't want to rely on you, start to try to use and rely on you, the more unreliable you should become to them, specifically with those people. Or on the other hand, just say no. Remember, do not offer an explanation or excuse for why you won't do it. Just be nice and reply over time to them so they learn to respect the boundaries that you are creating. Remember, people will treat you as bad as you let them, and if you set no boundaries, you can't complain when they treat you as somebody with no boundaries. Your friend Jason asks you to borrow money. Does your friend Jason want to borrow money? I'm not referring to a responsible and trustworthy friend that needs to borrow some money one night because he legitimately forgot his wallet at night. I'm referring to that one friend that we've all had growing up who's always broke because he's a lazy bum and has made a living off of living off of other people's hard work. When that guy calls asking to borrow money, It's times like that you can be a dick and say no. One of my favorite stories is an ex-friend who we'll call Jason. I don't know why, but I love telling this story. Perhaps because it's one of those that I look back upon as a new person and I wonder how is it I didn't have the strength to tell him to fuck the hell off at the time. I'm sure we all have those stories. That asshole used to want stuff from everyone all the time. Since high school, he had always treated his friends as people he could make a buck off of. He was, and still is, a user of people. Granted, we all use each other to some degree, but this guy gave nothing in return. I remember I invited him to visit me in Mexico when I was living there at the time. Looking back on it, likely he had invited himself, but whatever. My friends in Mexico were some of the nicest and greatest quality people you will ever meet in your life. They were beyond family. And because Jason was my friend at the time, my Mexican friends showed my friend Jason around town, letting him party with them, etc. In fact, one of my best friends decided to organize a trip to Mazatlan and even welcomed my friend into his villa, treating him as though he was one of his best friends as well. We had a great time. We had an amazing time. But it wasn't long before he was asking people or even my friends for stuff. A cigarette, a peso, When he returned home he thought he was a king bragging to everyone about the stuff he did in mexico and the people he knew that were connected down there in reality they didn't even remember his name the money issue with him got worse as we got older a single year later we all went to miami for new year's eve i was trepid about going because of the fact that we were going to take a bus from ottawa canada all the way down to miami yes That ended up being about a 32-hour bus ride in a sitting position. It was literally torture. Anyway, despite the fact that we only had four days in Miami and Jason had convinced us all to go, within about 24 hours of being there, he'd already run out of money. It was me and three other friends, and those three other friends were my friends and only knew Jason through me, but weren't that close with him. Despite the fact that we were all on a budget back then, He still had absolutely no qualms about asking people for money, selfishly not caring about the fact that it would take money away from their enjoyment of their own vacations. The last straw for me was when, a few years later, he asked to quote unquote borrow $10,000 from me. I was in my early 20s at the time. Let me put this into context. He was as lazy as they came, he sat around, watched TV all day. In his bedroom which was littered in McDonald's wrappers that hadn't moved from the same spot in months he never got a job just because meanwhile i had a full time job was always studying to write my LSAT test for law school and was trying to get a business off of the ground at the same time i always remember that one night i had just finished paying off a line of credit i'd used to help fund the business that i was trying to start that i was slaving away at it took me months and months to pay it off since I wasn't earning much at the time from my day job and I was trying to earn my stripes by doing things the hard way and not getting my dad to pay for anything. But after lots of blood, sweat and tears, I finally got it paid off. I accidentally let it slip in a conversation one night with Jason that I had a line of credit with a bank, which they had extended to all of us who had been doing our MBA. As soon as I let that information slip out, the phone went silent. But through that silence, I could hear the gears turning in his mind. In an instant, I knew that I had made a mistake by disclosing my line of credit. And then it started. Hey, Neil, you know what? Could I borrow $10,000 from your line of credit? I kid you not. This fat oaf, who was too lazy to do anything, got into a big discussion about how I should give him $10,000 and he would give me a bunch of shitty, trashy jewelry his mom had given him. In return, he tried to convince me that he would pay me back. And if he didn't pay me back, I'd at least have his junk as collateral, and I could pawn it off. I pictured how pathetic it would be, me driving all around Toronto, trying to sell garbage, to recoup $10,000 to pay back a line of credit that I just finished paying off. This turned into an hour-long negotiation. I proceeded to end the conversation and said I would think about it. He ended up calling me relentlessly for the next week, no doubt trying to rip me off. Because I was such a pussy back then, I just avoided his phone calls, too afraid to just tell him an emphatic no. When I finally talked to him after he'd called me a 100 times, he tried to make me feel guilty for avoiding him. In reality, I was too much of a pussy back then just to say no. I think this new version of me would not have even said no, I would have just called him out for being a selfish pig and hung up on him. To this very day, Jason, even in his 40s, still doesn't have a real job, and believe it or not, still tries to borrow money from people. How embarrassing. People generally don't change, but the good thing is that they can stimulate you to change, and for the better. It's situations like this where it's perfectly fine to not only just say no, but to say, fuck no. How I wish I could go back in time and tell Jason to go to hell for even asking me for such a ridiculous favor. He would never have paid me back. Be strong. Say no. People that borrow money are the biggest red flag kinds of people you should be on the lookout for. In these situations, especially with those that you don't know very well, or even those that you do, say no. You don't even have to be nice in those situations with the couching of your no with niceness and fuzziness around it. Just say no and end the discussion. These kinds of people will come back for more and more and more, and they'll know to target you each and every time. I have countless friends and even bankruptcy clients who just couldn't say no to people that leached off of them for years. I don't know what it is about humans and money, but for some reason, when you open the door to lending certain people money, those same people will come back to you over and over and over again. So there you have it. Several ways in which you can stop being a yes man or woman and start saying no. You've been a people pleaser far too long as an empath. The fact that you're listening to this means that you are ready for change because you're tired of getting taken advantage of and quite frankly abused. But believe it or not, if you reframe it, it's not other people abusing you, it's you abusing yourself. Imagine, at any moment, you could stand up for yourself and say no, yet you don't. Isn't it therefore you torturing yourself by letting people ping you around like a ping pong ball with their requests? You don't have to go full dick mode and just go around yelling no to people abruptly. The goal isn't to piss off other people and alienate your friends and family. Given some of the techniques, Start off using the techniques that fit your personality. For example, if you're an extreme people pleaser, start off with gradually avoiding calls from people that you know are calling you for favors that you don't want to perform. Become less reliable to those whom you don't want to rely upon you anymore. Don't answer the phone if you're busy. Don't feel compelled to reply to emails as soon as they arrive. You control the pace. You don't have to make decisions on the spot. You are allowed to be thoughtful, and by thoughtful, I mean you're allowed to contemplate whether doing something for someone would be in your best interest or not. If someone asks you to do something and you're not sure, tell them so. I'm not sure, but I need to think about it. If they pressure you for an answer right away, then tell them no. Stop committing to things because it's more convenient for the person asking you than it is for you. Do you realize how crazy that is? Gradually... As you find your voice and start stretching your comfort zones, you'll be more comfortable saying no on your terms. It's not always going to be comfortable, but trust me, over time, it will be more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Just the other day, I had a crazy potential client come to my friend's office. He wanted to argue with me about the law and dictate how the legal process would go, even though he isn't a lawyer. He was aggressive, unreasonable, and rude. The old me would have stressed myself out dealing with his toxic energy and irrational behavior, and I would have still taken the case. It seemed like he wanted to argue with me about everything, and it seemed like he was interrogating me. It's one thing to ask someone questions to see their qualifications, it's an entirely different thing to interrogate someone that's going to be your attorney. When I realized he was just being an absolute dick, I did something I would never done before. The new me closed my books, my notepad. I stood up. I walked out of the meeting while he was mid-sentence in one of his delusional diatribes. It was the most amazing feeling I have ever had practicing law. My way of saying no wasn't even to say no, I'm not taking your case. I just got up and left instead of wasting more of my precious time on a nut job. As I drove out of the parking lot, I got a tingling feeling and I felt overcome with self-love for what I'd just done. My only regret was how I wasn't protecting myself like this earlier in life. Remember, the two most important things to remember as you go through this journey is to be thoughtful and civil as the case merits. Above all though, just remember, the word no is a complete sentence. Thank you for listening to our latest episode of Everglow. Check us out online at NeilBartia.com, N E I L B H A R T I A.com, for more blog articles and latest episodes. Leave any comments and likes below, and we're happy to answer. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.